0: Welcome back to Solve Crimes with Rick and Gavin. My name is Gavin Fish. In today's episode, we're going to continue Treated Like Trash, our investigation into the 2008 death of 20-year-old Amanda Winkowski in Buffalo, New York. If you're new to our show, you can catch up on this case by visiting our website, solvecrimeswithrickandgavin.com. Or if you're on YouTube, you can see the previous three episodes. They are videos number 12, 13, and 15. We'll leave a link in the description below. And if you're listening to the podcast, they are episodes 9, 10 and 12. Today we're going to dig into a subject that over the course of our investigation has been the source of huge frustration for me. And that is the questionable job the medical examiner did on her report of the autopsy she performed on Amanda and the inexplicable reason local Buffalo media let her get away with it when the second autopsy came out. So we hope you'll stick around. This is Self Crimes. When Dr. Diane Vertes or Virtus or Verde's, I, I know I'm mispronouncing it, but however her name is pronounced, when she published her autopsy report, she determined that Amanda's cause of death was acute opioid intoxication. So basically an accidental overdose in our previous episode, Rick and I discussed why we think she was wrong to conclude that. Including reading an interpretation of Amanda's toxicology report from a forensic toxicologist named Donald Hoffman. You can head over to Amanda's case page on our website, solvecrimeswithrickandgavin.com, to read Dr. Hoffman's report. But in short, Dr. Hoffman stated that the toxicological findings couldn't be regarded as having caused the death of Amanda Winkowski. Rather, he said they were incidental to her death. The cause of death, he notes after having examined the second autopsy report submitted by Dr. Silvia Comperini was strangulation. With that, I want to show you a report from WIVB news uh, channel Four, a local TV station in Buffalo, New York. This report was broadcast on January 6th, 2012.
1: Some new developments in the mysterious death of Amanda Winkowski. Two separate autopsies are still telling two different stories. News Dr. Peter Ostro spoke exclusively to the Erie County Medical Examiner. Doctor?
2: Jackie, the findings in the two autopsies were startlingly different. So the Erie County Medical Examiner reviewed the case again and didn't change her mind. She discussed the discrepancies with me this afternoon. What happened to Amanda Winkowski? Can an autopsy tell for sure? The Erie County Medical Examiner's Office ruled that her death was due to a drug overdose, but her family thought she had been murdered. They contacted a pathologist in California, who re-examined the body and concluded she had been strangled and had struggled. But Chief Medical Examiner, Dr. Diane Verdes doesn't accept that. She had looked for
1: it. Because my suspicion is high, and she comes in as she does, Of course I'm suspecting that it's a homicide. So I'm looking for that.
2: Was she strangled? Dr. Virtus says no.
1: What you look for in manual strangulation then are all of these muscles inside your neck. We reflect one, each one individually, and we're looking for bruises in those muscles.
2: And those bruises weren't there. When the outside pathologist's findings were revealed at a press conference the attorney showed me pictures that were claimed to display the effects of strangulation and struggle but they weren't persuasive.
1: She points to no picture to show that although I don't know how she could and there's no evidence in any photomicrograph or anything that she provided that could show me what she's talking about
2: but there was a high level of drugs in the body
1: does this meet the standard is this enough for a person to have died from yes it is
2: dr Virtus and her colleagues maintain their original diagnosis was
1: correct every person that comes in here has a story and they're often very tragic stories but sad events don't necessarily translate to what a family thinks happens to their child or their loved one
2: We discussed several other points of contention. The claims by the outside pathologist aren't documented by photos, and Dr. Virtus has a well-reasoned rebuttal for each one. Our entire interview will be posted on our website, wivb.com, for you to see. For News 4, I'm Dr. Peter Ostrow of the UB Medical School.
0: I've scoured the internet to see if I can find the full interview that Dr. Ostrow said they posted to their website. I can't find it anywhere. Channel four doesn't have it on any public archive. So I guess we're just going to work with what we got. I think what I'm going to do here is go over a couple of excerpts from Dr. Verdes's report and then see what Dr. Comparini had to say about it. Then we'll start looking at some of the evidence. In Dr. Verdes' autopsy report on line 52, it says there are no injuries of the neck. Later on, on lines 125 through 128, she says, and this is a long quote Examination of the soft tissues, cartilaginous, and bony structures of the neck, including a complete anterior and posterior neck dissection, demonstrates no abnormalities with the usual anatomic relationships preserved. There are no intramuscular hemorrhages or fractures of the hyoid bone or laryngeal cartilages demonstrated. What she's talking about here are the main clues that usually lead an examiner to point towards strangulation. But I want to bring up something else that I noticed in Dr. Vertus's report. It's on lines 49 and 50. And this is what they say. It's very short. The tongue is described elsewhere, but nowhere in the rest of the report is the tongue talked about at all, which I mean, makes me wonder, did Dr. Verde's just copy and paste a prepared paragraph? Now I wouldn't blame her if she did. I do that in business and lawyers do it all the time, but was she so rushed that she just copied and pasted in a paragraph that included that sentence, but never actually examined Amanda's tongue. And the three other medical examiners that signed off on this autopsy report, did they not notice that? You know, now that I'm thinking about it, is it possible? This entire autopsy report is just boilerplate with very little actual reporting of the examination. And is that why Erie County worked so hard in court to fight Leslie when she wanted to exhume Amanda and have the second autopsy done. And then later, is that the reason they withheld tissue samples and organs from Dr. Comparini? I mean, they put up a serious fight. Hmm. Okay, let's go see what Dr. Comperini has to say about Amanda's neck. On page 27 of Dr. Comparini's report, there's a section titled manual strangulation. Starting on line 22 of that page, it reads, the neck organs, including the tongue, hyoid bone, larynx, including the distal portions of the trachea, were not found in the biohazard red plastic bag contained in the thoracoabdominal cavity. For those of you who, like me a couple of months ago, didn't know, when an autopsy is performed, at the end of the autopsy, all of the tissues and organs that were removed from the body are put back into a biohazard bag and those are placed into the empty cavity of the decedent's body. When Dr. Comperini received Amanda's remains and opened the bag, all of the neck tissues and organs were missing. But wait a minute on line 25, it says see photograph number 50. Didn't Dr. Verdi say something about no photos.
1: She points to no picture to show that, although I don't know how she could.
0: So. Dr. Verdi says that Dr. Comparini didn't provide any photographic evidence demonstrating what she was talking about. Let's come back to this one. Dr. Comparini's description of the external injuries of the neck begins on page 29 of her report. 29. Holy crap. This thing is 78 pages long. Dr. Verdi's entire report is six pages long. Okay, so page 29, starting on line seven, Dr. Comparini describes three oval-shaped contusions located primarily at the thyroid notch, or Adam's apple. It refers us to exhibit four, which is the exhibit Dr. Ostro talked about in his news report. But that's not the only reference this section makes. It also says to take a look at photos 11, 43, 62, 6, 7, 25, JPF 0016, JPF 0017, JPF 0025, JPF 0026, JPF 0050, JPF 0062, JPF 0063, and Diagram 1. And then she goes on to describe the interior injuries of the neck, and she finds multiple hemorrhages and refers to the photographs JPF 0076, 0077, 0002, 0078, 0021, and exhibits 1 and 1A. She notes hemorrhages in the artery, jugular vein, bite marks on the tongue and severe congestion of the thyroid gland. She then refers the reader to 10 more images, four more exhibits, a diagram, and a page later on in the report. This report goes on and on in great detail with an extreme amount of care put into documenting photographically and through hand noted diagrams. Now both autopsy reports, by the way, are available for review on our website, solvecrimesathrickandgavin.com. Just uh, go to our website and browse over to Amanda's case page. In Dr. Comperini's report, you'll see all of the diagrams and exhibits. What you won't find are the photographs referenced in the report. We have them, we have all of them, but to protect Leslie's emotional well-being, we're not going to publish those.
2: Claims by the outside pathologist aren't documented by photos, and Dr. Virtus has a well-reasoned rebuttal for each one.
0: The claims made by the outside pathologist aren't documented by photos, and Dr. Virtus has a well-reasoned rebuttal for each one. That's what Dr. Peter Ostro said. And that last part might be true, but the first part? That is a complete and utter lie. Dr. Comperini's quote unquote claims are documented by 294 photos and 16 diagrams. It is completely convincing. And misinformation like this, spread by Buffalo's News4 team and a professor of pathology nonetheless, That has contributed to the public's apathy toward Amanda's case, and that apathy has translated into zero public pressure on the DA's office to reopen the case. It's outrageous. And Rick, I'd really love to hear your opinion on this. Yeah,
3: well, I have a lot of them because this case is just, I mean, this episode lays it out that there's just so much to go through, not just with documents, but it's a you know, you know, Gavin. The one word that comes to mind when I when I look at all the information in this, you know, prior to to us talking here on mm-hmm. on this episode, the word is politics, and we all know that's part of life. But for me, I I and I think you're the same way. Um, I strive to, you know, we all play the game, whatever part of our lives, you know, work or or whatever. Uh, we all play that game, but I I hope that we all also have integrity for the truth. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, Yeah.
3: Especially when it comes to hurting other people. And in this case, I think there was uh, there was politics that were being played and we don't even know how far up they go. That's kind of what we're doing on this, uh, you know, on this case is trying to discover where how high up these politics went. You know, was this a trickle down or did it start right there at the medical examiner's office? I mean,
0: well, we know from our last episode, uh, we showed that letter between a police captain, and a police commissioner where he was going into a meeting. And he was going to tell the DA, we got to stop this whole thing where you tell us what we have to do. Because the yes. police force and the prosecutors, they work hand in hand, but they don't. I thought it was a well written to
3: letter, too. I mean, I thought you know, so, he, too. He's like, you know, the precedence that we've set has to reset.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The pendulum has swung too far, right? So yeah. I think it goes at least as high as the DA. Um, the thing that really angered me about this, though. Uh, is that the media went along with it. At least at least channel 4 did. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the guy who presented it was a doctor, right? He was a pathologist and he yeah. said that he read the whole report and he said that the 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 outside pathologist provides no photographic proof. And yet there's well, almost you know, 300 photographs.
3: Let's let's also consider the source. I mean, this is a guy doing local news. <laughs> so, who knows, he may have I mean, cuz you know, Dr. Veritas is is definitely well spoken. I don't I don't think that she's a bad person. I mean, she she I don't think she's all. I also don't think that she's incompetent. I think she's very competent. But um, I think he just got sign that piece, and he probably just heard what she said and maybe glanced at things. It didn't sound like he really dug into it. He had nothing actually to say other than yeah, to agree I, with everything. I, I guess she that said.
0: really bothers me though because of the impact that it has on the people in Buffalo. That's what at I the mean time. is that
3: how far do you go with politics? You know, do you have a limit? you know i mean th- this is messing with uh with a uh you know a whole entire family and their daughter i mean it's you know i i think you know i think i might have said this on a on a previous episode with you um i uh, i think that the mistake they made uh whoever you know wherever all this came from as far as covering things up i think the mistake that was made is that they assumed that this this girl with with a drug problem on the on the wrong side of town ending up in a garbage can they just assumed that she didn't have any family that cared and i yeah. think they just tried to sweep it under the rug and now they're they were caught with their pants down and they're sticking with their story
0: yeah i mean the terrible side of that, though, is that it's been 12 years okay. yep. and it's still under the rug, no matter and how so the consequences many of us are playing politics like, like that. Yeah, it's bothering me. There, there's yeah. another thing that bothers me. Uh, I was talking with my pathologist friend, Dr. Olmstead, right. uh, a couple weeks ago um, in the video, Dr. Verdes or Verde's. I I don't know. I Let's get it wrong every time. But anyway, um, she says, of course, I thought it was a homicide. She was found in a trash can. It was definitely a homicide, but I got a letter from or an email from my friend, Linda, who's a pathologist. And she said, you know, uh, overdoses end up in garbage cans all the time. They're hidden. So when she told me that, I was like, well, was Dr. Virtus looking for a homicide or was she did she have a preconceived notion that, oh, this is another junkie found in a garbage can. Well, you know, but but then again,
3: if that was the case, just that, um, why would there need to be four signatures from four medical examiners on a junkie, you know, that nobody cared about as far as they were concerned, right? It does not make sense. I mean, we, you know, I told that to Joe, our our homicide detective. And I I said to him, I said, there were four signatures. And he went, what? (laughs) You know, he said, I rarely find... You know, I, it would be surprising to see two signatures on there. You know, so so there is there's just so many clues that that we have to uncover and and you know put these pieces of of the puzzle together because it it just doesn't add up.
0: Let's see. The other thing that really bothers me, Rick, is the whole idea that um, she would have to provide photographic proof, Doctor Comparini, yeah. of the bruising on Amanda's neck and so forth when we yeah, go and the
3: way she acted she was like and she shows no photographic proof so I don't know how she came to that conclusion right and I remember when I first saw it I called you and said the Dr. Comperini didn't take any pictures and you went sure she did
0: <laughs> a lot of them yeah but let me tell you what I did I went and I looked at Dr. Comparini's pictures now uh, keep in mind that Dr. Comparini's pictures are of a woman who has been embalmed it mm-hmm. has been prepared by a funeral home. She's already been autopsied once and she's been interred. Then she's been exhumed and shipped across. And, and, right and how there. long was she interred? Wasn't it a year and a half? It was It was a long time. I can't remember yeah. the timeline, but yeah. it, right. I think it was, doesn't matter. It was a long time, right? Right. Right. Okay. So when I compare those pictures though, Amanda had bruises on her, like on her, on her right arm, there is like a handprint bruise, like somebody was grabbing her forearm. Mm-hmm. And that is obvious in the picture from Dr. Camperini's side. And then there are three bruises on the neck. It's like one right here and then two on this side. It looks like somebody was reaching from behind and grabbed her like this.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I was like, well, and maybe. Who has a penchant for that? Right. Right. Well, we talked about his MO in the last episode, but I thought, I wonder if bruises show up later. So, you know, I'm doing like things, I'm doing searches to try to find if, if, you know, there's such a thing as post-mortem bruising or something, Mm -hmm. could it have happened because of, I don't know, whatever, you know, embalming technique or whatever. But then I was like, wait a minute, there are pictures from Dr. Virtus. So I went back to the pictures of the day the autopsy was taken mm-hmm. and lo and behold, giant bruises on her arm, giant bruises on her neck. That's right. They are there in Dr. Virtus's photos. That's right.
3: They didn't just appear after she was interred. That's right. Yep. And and you and I had a discussion while we were looking over some photos, just so everybody that's watching understands what we end up doing we're not just putting on this (laughs) these these videos we actually you know we have to look at things that we don't want to look at um and you and i had a discussion about petechial hemorrhaging Mm -hmm. you know with her with her eyes and in the photo that we had her eyes were almost her the whites of her eyes were almost completely red and so we had a discussion about well you know could that because petechial hemorrhaging is usually spots um or clumps you know and still you can still see whites of the eyes but then we were like well you know for how long for five weeks she was upside down potentially and frozen and all these things. So, you know, we weren't really sure, but, uh, but it is interesting that, you know, Dr. Verdes really didn't talk about that much at all. She just excused it.
0: Yeah. Uh, she used words like uh, unremarkable, you know, this part of the body is unremarkable. That part of the body is unremarkable. And it, it just Rick, it looks like boilerplate. It just looks yeah, like it.
3: I, yeah, I agree with you. And and not only that it uh, you know, the way she described everything in there, she, uh, uh, like you said, like just waved it all off. But then at the same time, when Dr. Comperini got the body, all the stuff from neck tissue and the hyoid bone and all that is not there.
0: I mean, that's not standard procedure. That part actually. Yeah. That, that whole thing just really bothers me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, uh, so I talked to my sister about this. Uh, actually, you met my sister by phone last night. Uh, she works uh, in the funeral industry. And so she she sees this kind of thing all the time. And uh, anyway, she desc- she described to me in details that I don't want to repeat to anybody else, kind of the things that they find as a, as a funeral home. It right. is uncommon to have that stuff not there. It is common for the... Um, medical examiner to take uh, samples of tissue, keep those on slides, right, and sure. they keep them on file. But to have them completely withheld, that is not a normal thing.
3: Yes, and so I'm clear, and I think you're on the same page as me. Um, if Doctor Verdes, if we thought she was incompetent, we would take we would take that stance against her. But she's not incompetent. So these things that we're finding seemed very deliberate. Yes. You know, I don't think they expected her body to be exhumed.
0: Yes. Right. A- and well, and then when Leslie goes, hey, Erie County, what the devil? There are parts of my daughter missing. Where are they? Then they fight in court to keep them from Dr. Comperini. Yeah. And ultimately what had to happen is Dr. Comperini had to fly out to Erie County and look Argue. at everything... No, yeah. she had to go into their lab. That's right.
3: That's right. And she right, had
0: to that. look at everything there. They would not let them go, yeah, but they did agree a... that she could come and take a look under now, their did they, supervision. Did they supervise her as well? Yes, oh. and they didn't allow any of her staff to do any work on this. The court did not allow any of. Did the they allow her to reasons. take samples?
3: She. Um, or was she just allowed to,
0: to, you know, I, look at it? I don't know actually if she took samples or not. I, it just seems to be
3: that that's a very that's a a length you wouldn't expect this situation and and a professional medical yeah. examiner's office to go tw- to. If it's a
0: 20-year-old junkie who just overdosed. Right. If they were so confident
3: in their findings, why would yeah. they hide it? Yeah. Really? Why would they no. hide it first off? Why would they keep the tissue all these you know that whole time, right? Because they did. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they fight the doctor be, you know, being able to see them—it's it's, that's that's beyond. Uh, I mean, it's repugnant. They're they're. It's professional courtesy to to provide doctors with that stuff.
0: Normally, yeah. Well, and it's uh, ethically responsible to do that. Yeah, the Erie County is hiding something at what level we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I heard from Leslie, Leslie told me directly that when the when Frank Sedita left t- for his judgeship and somebody else ran for district attorney, John Flynn ran for district attorney, and he, during his uh, campaign, he promised Leslie, we're gonna reopen this case. And as soon as he was put into power, and I guess looked at everything, he went, oh no, we're definitely not opening this case. Yeah. Like. They're they're hiding something. Uh, The the system is hiding something.
3: And that's where we're you know, that's where we're trying to get into and underneath and behind is trying to find out where that pressure came from. Was it just that the medical examiner's office dropped the ball and now they're just playing, you know, cover your ass throughout this whole thing? That's why they're fighting it. Um, Or did they have pressure from above them, either the D.A.'s office, mayor's office? We don't know. Um, yeah. But it, it, it's one of those two. I'm telling you, this is not just a. Uh, uh, it's too many. There's too many instances and examples of of covering their butt, right? Uh, that shouldn't have been there if it was legitimate.
0: Well, and let me give this other little detail that it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the autopsy, but it has to do with the cover up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at 157 Spring Street, which is where Antoine Garner lived, and across the street from that is the church where. Uh, where Amanda was found. If right. you were, if you were to draw a line between those two and then draw two lines out to like a triangle, there is a maybe that's happening right now in the video, because you're well, gonna see yeah, that later, right? <laughs> right. But there is a um, there's like an apartment complex right there that has and had at that time cameras pointed in that direction. Mm-hmm. And when police asked for those. Uh, that video, that tape, to see you know who put Amanda in the gar- or who took the garbage can to that point and from where uh, those tapes disappeared. And the name of that place is Friendship Manor. Those tapes have never been found. They're they're not part of the now. Who is involved with Friendship
3: Manor that that would cooperate and or or hide those on their own? What's your theory?
0: Well, I don't have a theory of my own. I know what Leslie's theory is and and her family is that um, there are a couple of of men in Buffalo politics, uh, one of which is Mayor Byron Brown. And uh, the other man is a man named Maurice Gardner see there's those politics that word again yeah who uh, have some type of either financial or some other controlling stake in that building and just destroyed that evidence but why that i
3: mean to what end that's what i that's what i keep thinking about when i when i hear this stuff uh, yeah, to and, what end
0: what and so if there's a conspiracy to protect antoine garner let's say yeah, maybe that's where they had their financial then stake. Then it's a stupid, terrible conspiracy because Antoine Garner sits in prison on an 18-year stint. Right. Right. So they, they're right. they're a really bad conspiracy if that if the conspiracy and, is. And to you and I have Antoine talked about
3: Garner. this. And maybe maybe it's uh because of who put her there, because you and I have talked about this. I mean, Antoine Garner's not the the you know genius level guy for sure, but it seems like somebody put her there in a garbage can from Antoine's neighbor purposefully to put it in, you know, in, in front reach of his of him house, him yeah. to like, you know, to, to put everything together. I can't imagine that Antoine would just wheel her across the street and leave her there to be found. I, so it may be whoever else was involved in this who maybe was storing her body for Antoine.
0: Right. And we know that from leverage. DNA that there was male DNA that's unknown in Amanda's mouth. Right. There was uh, female DNA and- Well, there was two- also male
3: DNA that was not on, you know, we do know who who's it was, right?
0: Well, we know that Adam Patterson's DNA was there. We, we yep. know that Antoine Garner's DNA was there. Right. Then there are at least three men that we don't know who they are. And at least one woman, if my memory serves, Yeah, uh, that we don't know. So there are four people who were whose DNA ended up on Amanda Winkowski's body or in Amanda Winkowski's body? That we don't know who they are. So maybe they're Man. protecting one of those people.
3: That's what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah. so whoever you know that. Yeah, there's a there's so many. It, it's amazing how many people are uh, potentially involved in you know in the interactivity with her body before and after her death.
0: Yeah. So I think what we ought to do now is just ask people uh, to visit our website, solvecrimeswithrickandgavin.com. Yes. If you go to Amanda's case page, and you can get to it from the front page of the website. That's right. Uh, we have placed We'll, we'll have a link in
3: below in the video as well.
0: In the video, we'll have a link, yeah. Uh, you can look at both autopsy reports and another report from uh, Dr. Hoffman, who is a friend of the Yeah, this is to unprecedented stuff
3: to have that information to be able to publicly show people. Um, and uh, and again, you know, we'll keep reiterating it. The more of you who are watching and listening uh, get involved, the more, the the better the chances are that we get this thing solved. I mean, we've already been finding in other cases that we've been doing that people's involvement, reaching out to us, making comments, sending us a private message, giving us a call, whatever. Um, uh, we're, we're actually getting movement on things. I mean, we have movement right. on a 50-year-old case you know, that, that it was 50 years old and we're, we have movement. We're hoping that's the same thing here. So if you join Amanda's army, there's no, there's nothing you have to do. I mean, you're just, there's no fee or anything, but you're just kind of signing up to be kept in the loop. And so we'll, we'll keep, we'll let you know when we need help, uh, on things, um, you know, research or whatever, but, uh, the more people on that, on that Amanda's army list, uh, the, the better the chances are that we, we yeah get this so join
0: amanda's army there's a join now button right there on the case page yep. and look at those um look at look at those autopsies because rick and i have looked them over and over and over and over again and we're going cross-eyed on this we're not quite sure that we're we're, we're probably missing something that might be right in front of us
3: Could be. So, i mean people people
0: watching and listening may be in that in that field
3: may find something that that we missed
0: we would love your help so uh please do that and uh with that i think it's time to wrap up the video rick so thanks for uh great thanks for joining me and thanks everybody yeah this is solve crimes with rick and gavin